Hello everybody, welcome to the On The Line Tennis Podcast, episode 7. It's me, Jack, and my co-host. Hey, Gavin. Hi, Gav, how you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you, yeah. We've got quite a bit to talk about today, I guess. We've just had the Toronto Masters and the WTA Montreal Masters finish. So we're going to talk a bit about the winners there and a few of the results there and some of the spices. And we're also going to talk about the Cincinnati draw on the men's and the women's sides, our favourites and a few of the results that have happened there. And there's one other thing as well that I've not said to you yet, Gav. There's a tiny, just a little quiz. I thought... (laughs) <laughs> it's it's easier than last time. I wouldn't have agreed to do this if it was about the quiz. My God. I, I promise it's easier than last time and oh, no. we'll fly through the questions. You'll you either know them or you don't know them, sort of thing. Um It'd be embarrassing stuff, I think. No, no, honestly, honestly, it's I'm not as agree. difficult as I promise it's not as difficult as last time. It's still I I'd expect you to get most of them, but I don't want to I'll, I'll cut that out if you do badly, Gav. Don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't worry. Expectations yeah. too high. I'll, I'll edit myself saying this is a really difficult quiz if you get zero out of five. So don't worry. Don't worry. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> right. We'll dive into the Toronto Masters first. First and foremost, Gav, hats off. You called Medvedev to win the Toronto Masters at the start of the week last yep. week. So yes, well done. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, you know, very impress, impressive uh, performance. I mean, in the final, you know, a Pelka having beaten Sitsipas, you'd think, oh, that's going to be a really difficult one, but he just kind of took a Pelka apart, you know, it means mm-hmm. return point of view, return positioning, um, really accurate with his returns, hitting the ball deep in the court, uh, served very well as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just think, you see the contrast between Medvedev and Sitsipas and how well Medvedev returns compared to Sitsipas, it's like there's no contest, he's the best returner out of that generation, I think, at the moment, like, yeah. there's literally no contest there. Yeah, so I've actually I've done a, a really extensive piece on this. You can catch it on the blog if you like at some point, but I'll just have a few of the findings I got from it, basically comparing the two return styles because since the past, got absolutely, well, he didn't get hammered by a Pelka, but from a return point of view, he did absolutely atrociously compared to Medvedev. He didn't break once throughout the match. He had one break point. Medvedev generated a break point in over half of the service games he played against a Pelka. The difference in return basically is massive. So at the top eight, just quick stat for you: at the top eight, sits passes dead last in return games one on hard courts. Medvedev is top of the the table. So yeah. That that's the the gap between the two returning on a hard court and the actual style of return as well. I don't know how much of the match you saw, Gav. Yeah, sits- watched it. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just surprised. Like the the one handed, you know, backhand block return sits pass still hasn't developed that, has he? I mean, mm-hmm. just. Not accurate enough. It always seems to float rather than yeah. actually go into the court. You know, it floats long or exactly floats high in the air rather than trying to kind of create that not 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 high over the net, but kind of just low net clearance to kind of just be on the service box. And he's just he's just not able to do that. And um, so I was exactly. surprised, surprised before the match that like a lot of the pundits were saying, "Oh, Sitsipas is going to win this in, in like two tie breaks." It's like, well, you know, if it goes to a tie break, you'd favour Pelka a because he's a good server, but b because when we're talking about specific like points, I don't think it's a pass. Is he, like, I think he's got more chance of winning a service game rather than like an individual point on Pelka's serve. You know what I mean? Like one point, mm-hmm. big point in the tiebreak. I just don't back him to make the return. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, and that's that's kind of how it panned out. And it, it's really interesting. I, I love that you noticed that, Gavin. I love you noticed that Sitsipas's shallow return, shall we say, so in the service box is is much more 
inferior to sit, uh, to Medvedev's even. And uh, yeah, because of the block return, you can't get any pace if it lands short. It basically means Apelka eats it up. Yeah, it's leaving and, a short ball, isn't it? I mean, just, yeah. you know, no use for him. But uh, the one-handed backhand is a real problem in that, in that respect because like, yeah. there's no really way of hitting a backhand return flat consistently deep in the court, you know, you just don't have the control on it because you're using one hand. Um, yeah, but then my, my counter-argument to that was you look at a, te- a player like Dominic Team, and he, he's found ways to, to counter that from deep in the court by just having tons of power on the, the ball, basically. Yeah, he stands um, quite far back, I guess, as well. He know. does, yeah, and I, I think I think it helps him having a slice as well, to be fair. Um, Sitsipas has still got miles to go in terms of generating any sort of consistency in a in a slice team probably has one of the best slices in the game. I would have said, and oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. So he's got a bit of variety. He's got options when he's that far back in the court. I think sits a pass has zero options when he gets the high ball to his back, and he's pretty much he's done for. I don't know if you saw any of those in in the Apelka match, but they basically always came back high and easily put yeah. away. Yeah, I think it was it Nick Lester was saying, um, I think he was raising the point to, um can't remember who was commenting, I think it was Arvin Palmer, but I think he was saying, um, would it not be a better tactic for Sitsipas just to stand further back and just take a swing? Because I think he was trying to stay quite close to the baseline and try and keep kept trying that block return. It just wasn't working for him on a consistent basis. So I think Nick Lester was saying, would it have been better for him to maybe stay further back behind the baseline and literally just try and take a swing and take the chances? I I, I get the the reason behind him not doing that though. I, I think if 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 Apelka kept serving kick serves to him and it kept going high to his backhand because it keeps rising even if you're like six meters behind the baseline. That's oh the yeah, thing. it's going like head height, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So I, I think Sitsipas really would have struggled with that, and I didn't think he wanted to give Apelka that look consistently. Basically, so I get it. I get why he didn't move back as much as he could have like compared to Medvedev and I don't know if there's much of a solution to that my, my, my sort of finding in the the blog was that he could maybe just try and improve his um his movement around the court to try and sort of get some of the counter punching abilities that Medvedev has that's why when he hits a shallow ball sometimes he still he, he won the majority of the points when he hit a shallow return Medvedev yeah. because he, he Apelka's under so much pressure to hit a good ball because Medvedev tracks everything down his passes are amazing mm. um I, I, bottom line, also, it was incredibly entertaining to watch. I love Medvedev nowadays. He's so he's yeah, such he's, a good he's player. Incredible, isn't he? Like just the skill. Yeah. He's got so many different skills to his game. You know, he's got that big serve, which I think his serve's kind of underrated. Nobody talks about the amount of pace he gets on the serve. Um, I like the way he hits the ball. He hits the ball very flat. You know, it's a good contrast to other players who put lots of topspin in the ball. Medvedev is very much a flat hitter, especially mm. in that backhand side. It kind of reminds me a wee bit of Cameron Noy's backhand, but with a bit of a larger backswing. Yeah. Um. Very, very flat, and the way he's able to kind of just navigate different areas of the court. You know, he's able to move really well from the baseline. He's able to translate transition well to the net. Um. Yeah, I think he's for sure one of the most entertaining players to watch. And people, you know, it's a very lazy analysis to say, oh, he's got a lazy game and he's not got the elegance of Federer and all that. You know, just because he doesn't have a one-handed backhand or doesn't hit the ball, but a big fall through a big backswing like Federer's. I think, you know, he deserves deserves a bit more credit. I think calling him or oh, ugly tennis or whatever, I just don't understand people's reasoning behind that because I don't do, do people hate him for that, I suppose. Well, I, think, I think it was Simon Reed on yours, but I know I'm just name dropping here, but uh, yeah. you know, Simon Reed's listening to this then I'll be I'll be surprised. But you know <laughs> um yeah, you know, so I think it was one of it was either Simon Reed or Chris Bradham said, Oh, you know, he's very unconventional. I think one of them actually said, Oh 
it looks like park tennis, you know, somebody playing in a local park court. Well, if you've uh, seen somebody hit a backhand like that in a park, yeah. I want to go I, that, I know, I know. know. Like, you got to think about the results as well. Yeah. I, think, I think it's quite relatable, you know, it's like Andy Murray in the, in the big four sort of debate. He was like the only human one out of the four. That made him a lot more likeable, and it's kind of the same with Medvedev. Although he's almost like a mutant, I kind of find. <laughs> like, he's just like a, an octopus with big gangly arms. Like, he's kind of not human at the same time. Nothing elegant yeah. about his game, but um, I still don't think that all makes him a bit more likeable personally. Like, I don't, a good, I don't good think... sense of humour as well. You yeah, know, it, it totally does, exactly. Uh, the hindrance call that he said to Bubbly or this will be yeah. in tennis TV, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> Apelka was the same the whole week, actually. He became very likeable. All of his interviews yeah. are very... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, they're very uh, self-aware and, yeah, just he, he's got a very he's got a very candid analysis of the game, actually. Every single sort of piece he said about somebody was very on the nose. Like, he was like, Medvedev's one of the best returners in the world. Sits past has got work to do in his, his returns like he just said it straight up I think yeah, he could be a pundit at some point the, the podcast you know picking up yeah. for his analysis I think <laughs> some of your blog posts just coming out with the stats <laughs> probably yeah right well I, just uh, sorry the other thing I was going to say about Pelka, just to sum up his week the run he made so Kyrgios Dimitrov Harris RBA and Tsitsipas back to back that's a mental run. I don't think you'll see it from many players that that sort of run the whole year. To be honest, yeah, I mean, sort of similar to Brooksby's in Washington, I guess, just with the depth of players that they've had to you know come through to, yeah. to get to that position. But yeah, I mean, what I really liked about Pelka was you know his serve placement. He was very aware of where to place his serves. Um, the variety he had as well. Like he can hit one forty serves. Yeah, he was you know mixing it up well. One ten kick serves. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and just using that variety was something it was good to watch from a big server because you know players can have a big serve, but then they don't really know what to do. With it. A lot of them maybe just hit body or maybe just don't think more about where to position the serve. But he was very tactically aware. Yeah, and that's something that uh, probably more than any of the other big servers really more than Isner, more than Karlovic, more than Brownic. He was yeah. actually you could tell that he was proper had a game plan where to place the serve and what tactics to use in order to get through service games. So no, I was very impressed. And yeah, it's going to be very entertaining to watch in the future. Definitely. Mm. I, I love that sort of stuff from a big server. Anything but a server, but definitely. Yeah. Moving on from uh, Pelka and Medvedev. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on from there. Okay. Um, we can move on to the, the Montreal review. It was the Italian Camilla Giorgi that won. Yep. Ranked number 70 in the world. Did you know that when she won it? Yeah. I, neither did I. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's some like blip in the WTA rankings or something. But I suppose she hasn't. I, she had a bit of success at the Olympics, and obviously you don't get points for the Olympics, so that might be why she's kind of on my radar. But I thought she was doing quite well, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, she's been like ranked in the top twenty before, so I'm like, you know, yeah, clearly better than top seventy player. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the rankings freeze has got quite a lot to do with it as well. Could be. Uh... Probably, uh, but she went on an even more impressive run. You know, if Apelka's run sounds impressive, then her run is super impressive. So she beat Mertens, Podoroska. Okay, fine. Hard, not really a hardcore player, but Kvitova, Goff, Pegula, and Pliskova. Back to back. Yeah, that's remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, seriously good run. And she's not the kind of player that's known for her consistency. I think this is only her second title, I want to say. I don't want to... I might just double-check that, actually, Gav. Do you know off the top yeah, I mean, of your head? She, she made the final in Eastbourne, didn't she? And she... 
Christian went and played in Eastbourne, or was it semis? It was, it was like, she had a good run at Eastbourne, and she, I think she's done well at Wimbledon in the past. Um, got a big serve, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I think consistency is kind of something that I think a lot of WTA players, you know, you don't really see consistent back-to-back winners, do you? The title yeah, is yeah. kind of fluctuates, which is good for the game, you know, good to watch. But um, I think that's true, just the extreme amount of depth in the women's game at the moment. I mean, there's so many players that can beat one another. You know what I mean? It's quite... In fairness, I could I could sympathise with new fans who are trying to find sort of an identity to latch onto when they're watching, and they're really struggling because nobody is sort of consistently consistently making it deep in tournaments. I think maybe yeah, okay, Barty and Sabalenka, and almost Pliskova, I suppose. Total total U turn after like a couple months ago. But yeah, apart from that, well, that's the thing, exactly. So somebody can start making a few finals in a row after having an absolute sort of Yeah, I think garbage. it's a good contrast, though, because like if you're a tennis fan, you know, you've seen the men's side, there's maybe, you know, okay, it's maybe a wee bit more open now, but there's still maybe five players at most you'd say, oh, they definitely can win this title. Whereas in the women's yeah. game, you could probably list off 10 to 15, maybe even 20 names that could just turn up when we can play really well to win a title. So it's kind of yeah. a good contrast to have, I guess, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, watching the the final, I was gonna say just a bit about George's game against Pliskova. She was on fire on return, uh, pretty much the whole time, and was able to get under Pliskova's skin, which doesn't really happen that often. Obviously, Pliskova maybe is a little bit um, susceptible to pressure, but even when she was losing bloody six love and four love in the Rome final, she you know there was a point where she easily could have just lost her. Her mind, and she still stayed pretty cool, calm, and collected. But she ended up smashing her racket in this match. So I don't know if she's just getting a bit sick of it, you know, the way she sort of turns up to these finals. Maybe could just said, the fact she's not won one. You know, what I mean, that, that yeah. very frustrating. You know, get having all that success, having good weeks, and then just falling at the final hurdle. I imagine that'd be very, very frustrating. But you know, she's going to win one eventually. Like when you get to so many finals and you're playing that well, it will just click into place. I think you know what I mean. Like she's won big titles before, so you know, no reason why she can't go on a run and maybe win a couple of titles towards the end of the season. Yeah, um, I mean that. Yeah, that's three finals this year. I think she's made and she's lost all of them. Uh, but yeah, you're quite right. I mean, she could turn it around. Uh, and in fairness, she's had pretty uh, tough draws against the players she she's come up against. Georgie has already beaten her three times this year, I think. Um, so it's not a matchup she favours. And certainly in the Wimbledon final, Barty was always going to be the favourite. And then she fell on take, obviously. Like, like, she'll have her moment, definitely, if she keeps playing like this. I'm, I'm really being impressed with how she's playing, especially given I've pretty much written her off like uh, at the start of Wimbledon. Um, I, I like to take sort of turn out turn around her fortunes as well as this is is super impressive and I like her as well. So Yeah, well, I, I, what's not to like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. She's got a good game. I mean maybe there's a serve bot argument for Pliskova from some people as well, but I mean just give her a game a watch and you'll realise that that's total malarkey. Yeah, it's lazy analysis. It seems whenever somebody can serve over one thirty or the Yeah, exactly. It's just a, such a tired narrative. It's just not gonna work really. I mean, it's not gonna fly. It's it's pretty lazy. Yeah, I like I super impressed with her as well. But Georgie already out of Cincinnati, I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, uh, early so, defeat, but are you surprised? You know, it's like one of No, you, no, not at all. That's the thing. It's just a nightmare to have back. You know, you just can't find back to back winners in the WTA tour, really. You know, that's the thing. Um, yeah. But it's good for the, I think, as I said before, it's good for the, the game. You know, you've got so many people that can win. Always a reason to tune in and watch it, you know? Yeah. 
yeah, that's true. The other sort of story from Montreal is we saw someone play her first match in three months. She did. She lost to Daniel Collins in three tight sets, which is hardly a bad loss given yeah, how well she was playing. Yeah, um, but she had won a match in Cincinnati this week, and she's given a walkover to her next opponent, uh, Jessica Pegula, due to a thigh injury. So. It was nice to see her back in Montreal. She was playing really well, but I think it could end up being a bit of a, a team story in that, you know, she's sort of has like one match back or something and then just packs in the season. Yeah. yeah. Um, which would, would be a real shame. I really like watching Halep's game as well. So uh, fingers crossed for her. I, I hope it's nothing serious, um, but it was good to see her back in court at least. Yeah, we can move on to a little preview of Cincinnati, which is already shaping up to be a brilliant tournament. There was loads of amazing first-round matches, honestly. It was one of the best sets of, set of first-round matches I've seen in absolutely ages, or second-round matches or whatever it was. I think it was a second-round match. Yeah, second-round, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, did you catch any of Andy versus her catch? I did, Jeff? yeah. I mean, there's some encouraging signs, and there's also kind of that you know, negative side of, oh, he's just struggling to win back-to-back matches, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think at the start of the match, both players were very nervous, you could tell. Her catch was very nervous and tight, Murray very nervous and tight. Towards the end of the first set, I think the quality of tennis improved significantly. Um, and he had those two set points that the forehand cross-court where he missed, you know, it was just... Ah, he's closer, though, isn't he? He's closer. He's closer, yeah. And I guess in the time break, you know, her catch's level improved. I think he had a couple of great backhand uh, passes. You know yeah. what I mean? Then in the second set, you could tell Murray was getting a wee bit tired. You know, he was kind of slicing more forehands, not hitting the ball maybe as hard, um, not being as aggressive. But I just think Andy, if he needs, to, if he's going to win these back-to-back matches and you know begin to try and get into form of these big tournaments again, I think he needs to play more two fifties. You know? Yeah, I agree with that because I think, you know he played that challenger in Biela um, mm. when he got to the final there. But you'd think he'd play more two fifties, maybe even like. Ones that like before Roland Garros, like Marbella and all that, these clay court ones, or you know, even like Winston. I think he's playing Winston Salem next week. He's got a while. That's good. Yeah, Salem, yeah. So I just don't understand why he didn't do that kind of the first part, like part of the season, maybe because of the pandemic and all that and the COVID restrictions. But for me, After, yeah, there was a bit of that at two fifty level. I you know if he can win back to back matches at two fifty level, then there's a natural progression into doing it at, like five hundreds and masters yeah. level as well. Okay, I definitely agree with you. You win one, you win one round, you win one match. Sorry, at a five hundred or a Masters, and you're thrown into a top twenty match. And yeah. the the step in quality is, you know, as soon as you're beating top twenty players, then you could beat another top twenty player. You know, who knows what will happen? Yeah, Andy's come his closest in a five match losing streak to top twenty players to beating one against her catch. And the, I mean, the argument that. I think you were saying that Cincinnati does favour Andy, but it favours her catch as well, you know, like... It does, the, yeah, it does for sure. I mean, they're both very similar players, aren't they? I mean, yes. Look so, in the mirror, in a way. You know what exa- I mean? Exactly. So I think I think to, to be that close to winning at least a set, that's that that's that's yeah, genuinely if positive stuff. Set, if he takes that first set, then maybe he's got kind of more belief in the second set that he can do it. Maybe he starts being a wee bit more positive. You, you never know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think there's some positive signs there. I, I just like him to play with you know some more ATP two fifty events, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I think I definitely agree with that, Gaff. I think so. Um Grigor Dimitrov uh, has remembered that he can actually play really, really good tennis. Yeah. And has beaten RBA and Bublik back to back. That I don't know the last time he won back to back matches. Maybe that's unfair. 
but it's been it's, a while. It's been a while. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while since he's beat like top twenty players. Um, yeah, in yeah, NBA, at least. I do. I thought he served incredibly well. I think Robbie Koenig was saying in commentary it was like statistically his like top fifteen best serving performances. One of one of them. Um, nice, nice stat, yeah. yeah. No, Robbie Koenig's always good for a stat like that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great but um, yeah, no, he served really well. He was serving upper. 130s, 135, you know, yeah. plus um, seven bombs and hitting the ball really well. So, okay. it's not Medvedev today. That'll it be a is, challenge. though. It is. It but, won't be. I, I don't even think it's a possibility. That's maybe unfair saying it's not a possibility he's going to win, but the way Medvedev you, has been just, playing. You know, you've been bigging him up and then you've just like brutally dropped them. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, those two matches are super impressive. Medvedev is the form player, you know, like, yeah, that, like so, so no shame. Up. Just like Man Church, you know, you've done that in the past. Where you don't challenge. I suppose, but I mean, Jelic hasn't, you know, Jelic hasn't had to play buddy Djokovic or anything like that. It's, you know, he's had, he's had players that he could have been beaten. Medvedev, he looked pretty untouchable in, in Toronto. Yeah, I, oh, actually, do you know the, the thing I wasn't impressed with was with was his uh, serving in, in Toronto. I thought that wasn't as good as it could be, and he, he only got away with it because he was so good at returning. Only got away with it. I mean, his returns were amazing, so he deserved to win. Like, yeah, but, and he said it himself. His serving could have been better. Loads of yeah, dogs. against Bublik in particular, he just lost his first serve completely in that first set. You know, I mean, I think the rain break helped him, but you know, there could have been an upset there. I think Bublik had the momentum. The rain kind of prevented them from completing the match there and then and you know yeah. I think much like Murray Wimbledon against um, Oscar Otter I think the the rain delay helped you know and he came back yeah. completely refreshed mentally switched on and just played lights out from the back yeah, the yeah. Oh, well, you know if Dimitrov wins a set I wouldn't be surprised but I still think it would be Medvedev to take the yeah, match yeah I'm going Medvedev back to back yeah yeah my prediction Oh, okay. I'll jump in with the. I'll add to my yeah. prediction there as well. What okay. have I put down? Did I put down? You've not gone for a quirky hipster pick, have you? No, I no, I have actually put I put Medvedev down as well. I said uh, he may have a really tough time against Harkatch. Should he pull through? Obviously, he was. I think he lost like ten more points than Harkatch in Toronto, but yeah. still somehow managed to win that match. Um, yep. It's obviously not the best matchup for him, given the the again, you know, their game styles aren't totally dissimilar. But you know, Harkatch has, has been spotty the whole season. I think actually he's raised his game against good players, so it could. Be... Yeah, no, give him some credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that that'll be the challenge, and yeah. if he gets through that, then I think he'll win definitely. Yep. But I I said basically sets the pass again. He's got big servers to come, and that, that's why I just can't pick him. You know, because if he's yeah. not, you know, there's no. I know he's maybe his returns have improved a wee bit, but it's just not consistent or reliable enough to. Back him to get through a big server, or even two big servers in a row. You know. Yeah, I, I basically it's Berrettini and Ogrelliasim, and Berrettini obviously has got one of the best serves in the game at the moment, and he's since past has been quoted as saying Ogrelliasim is the hardest opponent on tour. Apparently, um, I don't know why he says that. Uh, he's beaten him before, so either way, it's not going to be an easy quarterfinal for him, and I could see him getting dumped out by either of those players. Yeah, no, you, I think Felix just because he's like a grinder from the back. Great attitude, um, very good mover as well. Um, and strong serve when he gets in. I know people say, "Oh, he's got problems with the ball toss and all that," but when his serve works, you know it's it's great. You know, I mean, it's brilliant serve. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's problems with consistency, but it's it's also yeah one of the best serves on tour. He's on, you know. I mean, but when he's off, you know, he you know, he does struggle. Um, just needs to find a kind of more consistent base level of play. 
And uh, if he does that, I think he's going to win his first title and uh, not the near, well, the near future. Well, yeah, he's still got loads of time, obviously. Um, yeah. But yeah, either way, I think since Sebastian getting knocked out, I don't think it's all good. Ali seems time quite yet. I would say that, but, you know, he actually could surprise me. I, you know, I wouldn't. He's had two good wins already this this week against Kachanov and somebody else. I can't remember now. Fuskovic. Uh, um, yeah, Fuskovic yeah. exactly. Um, so you know, he maybe he'd be a surprise finalist, but whoever gets to the final, I think is getting beat by Mayim Vadev. Yep, hundred percent agree. Yeah, have to agree with you there, Gab. Definitely. Right on the women's side. Ash Barty had a less than convincing performance against Heather Watson. She's yep. now against Victoria Azarenka. I just I'm I'm just gonna work my way down the women's draw. Actually, I think that okay. might be the easiest way to do this. I think Ash Barty could easily go out to Victoria Azarenka. Definitely um, possibility. Yeah, after that match against Heather Watson, I'd love to see Azarenka do well at a tournament again. I think it's it's already been a while. I don't maybe it's only been a year or something since our last really good run at a tournament, but. It's just, I think she's so entertaining to watch so fingers crossed for her uh, I like Ash Barty as well but I just I don't think she was just totally underwhelming against Heather Watson and I, I, I could easily see her coming out and just having a few duff service games and that could be enough like especially against a returner like Azarenka so yep. we'll, we'll see what happens in that, that part of the draw anyway and a few of the other matches that happened possibly my favourite WA to player of the I don't know, of, of the year, probably of the year actually, Gav, uh, is Andre Boer, who beat Contevit and Svontek back-to-back. I don't know if you caught any of that, but... Yeah, she's got some highlights, yeah. I mean, she's got a great game to watch, doesn't she? The yeah. variety she's got, I mean, just so good to watch. And Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see her win one of these big, big, like, I don't it's not Premier Mandatory now, is it? It's WTA 1000 or whatever. whatever. It's, it's, yeah, it's the same as the men's now. Yeah, they, they yeah. did that just to confuse everyone. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it'll be good to see her win a big title because, like, you know, great, great game to watch, great game style, good variety, and uh, it shows you don't have to be like just a massive baseline player to to win titles. You know, you can win matches in different ways, and she's the perfect embodiment of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She'll be against Kvitova uh, next. They've also got Krejcikova against Muguruza. They have actually played this year. They played in Dubai earlier on. That was probably before Krejcikova was quite peak. Krejcikova, obviously, having not won the French Open, I think nowadays she's a bit more confident in her savvy game style. I think it could be a really interesting matchup. I don't think it'll be the same as the Dubai match. There was a really interesting matchup between Bedosa and Sabalenka. Bedosa won that match, and she'll be against Rybakina, who beat Mertens. Both of those players, madly, aren't seeded. So Bedosa and Rybakina are probably having the seasons of their lives. And they're still not within the top sixteen seeds. Yeah, the ranking situation is just bizarre, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It, it really is. It's kind of it, it's kind of messed up for quite a few players, certainly. But Dosa really deserves to be sort of. I, I don't know if she deserves to be quite top sixteen seeds. Top but, twenty, I'd say maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Top twenty, kind of in that bracket. Yeah, and definitely the same for Rubikina, who seems to be beating top twenty players regularly. Yeah, she's. I, I, yeah, it's just mad. Neither of them are. That should be a really good match as well. But also beating Sabalenka was really impressive. Um, I think beating Sabalenka... Sabalenka might be the hardest player this season to beat early on in a tournament, actually. I don't know if yeah, that's too much... like a fast hardcore as well with the win yeah. he's got. You know, that was a great win. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's too big a statement to make, but I, I bet... I think you're fair enough, yeah. No, I, I think, I think statistically I could be close to being spot on, actually. 
Um, we've got a matchup between Pegula and Pliskova for the fourth time this year. Do you know what their head-to-head this is this year is, Gav? I don't, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. You're yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's it's free love to Pegula, who I don't know why Pliskova just hates playing her as well as Georgie for some reason. But uh, do you know that like neither of their game styles are anything. But I suppose Georgie can just take the ball out of your your that uh, you're off your racket. But Pegula, I don't know, I don't know why it's such a bad matchup for Pliskova. Honestly, yeah, no, it's so I guess some players just kind of get maybe it's the mental side of things. Maybe just I, I don't know. It's, it's you know it could be that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, certainly. Even even if Pliskova's not put off, Pegula could just be like totally full of confidence now, having won uh, so many matches in a row. So it could just be from her side. Yeah, I might I might give it a watch just to see because I'm really interested to see what happens. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Pliskova went again. The other, just a, like another match that totally struck me as proper WTA was Bencic v Vondrusova in the first round of the, the Masters tournament. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's entertaining, but like uh, on the other hand, it's like, how's that a first round or second round match? You know, that could be a final. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah, I, I actually was first round as well because as a tenth seed, she didn't get a bye. Yeah, uh, Bencic. So brutal. I know it is proper brutal. Uh, Benchich came through that though, and she'll be against Muchova, who beat Andrescu fairly comfortably. Do you think Andrescu's on the way out, Gav? I think he's very quick. You know, we can't be too quick to write player off. I mean, she has won U.S. Open, but um, maybe the injuries just haven't, you know, haven't helped her. Maybe she doesn't feel yeah. really confident in her play or confident in her movement or whatever. You know, I think it's. It's very difficult to comment on injuries because a player player might be masking the pain. Maybe she's like not fully fit and just wanted to get back on the tour. But um, no, I think I think she can come back. I mean, maybe for this year, maybe write off any chance of winning a title this year or doing well at the end of the season. But next season, why not? She can come back. She's fully fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, and then there was also Asaka beating Coco Golf. Which was a very impressive one, even though I thought neither player was particularly impressive, to be honest. Um, I don't know if that'll be indicative of how Osaka will continue to play. However, if she does continue to play that way, then I wouldn't fancy her chances of getting much further. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, so in fairness, she is now against Jill Teichman, who, I mean, she's not done anything particularly impressive this year. I would, you know, Asaka should win that. But if she came against Bencic, say, in the quarterfinals, you know, I, I could easily see Bencic winning that, um, especially after her Olympic run and, you know, everything that went on that week. So we'll see what happens. You know, I don't want to write Asaka off because I'll just look like an idiot at the end of the week, probably. But <laughs> but I'm just saying she wasn't particularly impressive in that match. So if she keeps playing like that, I don't think she'll do that well. That's all I'll say. Yeah. yeah. I uh, why, why don't we just go on to our picks for the, the week and we Who's your pick for the, the women's then? I don't know how I missed her actually when I was talking about the draw. I think I missed her match um, in my little notes for some reason. But my pick, and I can justify it, I suppose, is uh, Angelique Kerber for the week. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in fairness, this is a tell you the matches she's won and you might not be as surprised she beat Sakari at the start of the week 6262 um, yeah I heard, yeah saw some of that she was incredible that yeah which is that much. on any any day against Sakari to get a scoreline like that that's really really impressive and then she was she was good against Svitolina Svitolina 
again was um was actually playing really well again because she was behind in the scoreline. So I was really impressed with that. I, I, and she's against Ostapenko now, who you know has a, a bit of the Georgia in her as well. She could just absolutely blow her off the court, or she could be rubbish. And I'm expecting the latter. And then I think, well, I mean, Kvitova could be a fifty-fifty, which would be our next match, but. Yeah, I'll stick to Kerber. She's playing well, and you know I've been impressed with uh, certainly at Wimbledon. If she if she can play close to the level she did at Wimbledon, she'll beat anybody. Actually, I don't think Barty's playing quite well enough to replicate that performance. She yeah, I don't think substitutes back. You know, very you know fast courts. I think maybe a rush on the slice and all that. She's all got real yeah. time to kind of drive through the ball. Um, but yeah. yeah, for this week I was going to go Kvitova. Yeah, I think okay. I think the it lends to her serve. I think she's got good court play as well, and uh, she can go to the net. Uh, obviously, effectively, and um, yeah, I just think the court stuff is maybe suits her game. Um, I just got a feeling. It just it's one of those picks that you just got a good feeling about it. I've got a good. Obviously, I'm going to be wrong, and she'll lose next. <laughs> match. Well, one one of them will have to go out in the next match. Um, well, I've got a good feeling. <laughs> is that I think is that the quarterfinal they would be playing potentially, or is that? Yes, only... I think it's quarterfinal. Yeah. yeah, at least okay. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I I I did say fifty fifty between them. To be fair, I think that's about their head to head as well, um, both yeah. being lefties. I just think Kerber will be able to soak up some of that power. Do you know? I'll back her definitely. But uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Both our picks are are facing off so early, Gav. It'll be quite I know, interesting. I know. I know. One of us is going to look great, and the other one's going to look uh, rather foolish. But uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> We'll just quickly talk about Federer and team. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, not surprised about team. To be fair, I just don't think he would ever be able to get ready for the US Open after that injury. Not not having played any of the warm ups. Not having played in Canada. Not having played in um, Cincinnati. I never expected him to play. Genuinely, I was genuinely a bit upset though. It's like... Yeah. No, I'm gutted for him. You know, after winning the US Open last year, you would have thought, oh, next season he's going to really kick on and. Yeah. Full of confidence, having won his first major and go out there and play some of the best tennis of his career. It's not panned out like that. Um, I think he, he admitted to having mental struggles in the off season with focus to his training. Um, yeah, which was surprising because you'd think having won a slam, you'd want to be trying to find more in your level to kind of improve and you know consistently win more. Yeah, okay, he did. He did. He did sort of make mention of the fact that he he was struggling from motivation. So it's like, you know, all that effort to win a slam, what do you do next? Um, yeah. I, I think maybe he felt a bit exhausted and I kind of get it. I'm not surprised there was a massive... So, But then, you know, he played well for the rest of the season, but, you know, I, I'm still not too surprised that there was eventually a, a come down. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're probably right. Yeah, I just, I just think now that he's going out and having been in such poor form beforehand, I, just, I really don't want to see him struggling to find us for him again, you know, when he does eventually come back. Yeah, you want to see him come back next year refreshed, ready to go and, you know, starting to play his best stuff. I just think he never got off the ground this year. I remember watching his first match of the season against Berrettini in the ATP Cup and Berrettini was just kind of blasting him off the court. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. a lot of balls short. Um, didn't quite have the timing in the ball. Um, so from that that match on, you know, he never really got going and even at the Australian Open, he never really looked confident either. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those ones where obviously he's a very popular player for a good reason. Um, great game style, seems like a decent guy as well. Um, so you, you want to see him getting back to his best. I think he can get back to his best. There's been a lot of people that have been pessimistic about it. So, you know, you know, he's missed his chance at Roland Garros, or he's missed he's missed his chance to win more. 
I disagree with that because, you know, when the big four do leave, I mean, a team's still going to be a factor. You know, I mean, yeah, there's Medvedev and Sitsipas, but we've talked about Sitsipas's problems on the return. Medvedev doesn't like the clay. So, you know, there's always going to be a chance for a team to, to be in contention or have a chance to win these big titles. Yeah, I, I think team doesn't have as many holes in his game, to be honest. He doesn't. Know, it's, yeah. It's yeah, I think when he's playing his best tennis, he's, he's, he's better than most of them, definitely. So... His best tennis, sorry, is better than, than most of the, the young guys. Um, so I think if he comes back and plays his best. Yeah, I hope that, you know, my point is I hope he doesn't lack motivation when he comes back. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Federer as well, obviously, that's the biggest news. He's, yeah. uh, he's knee, another knee surgery. Is that it? Do you think he's he's bit in the dust? I just think he's going to retire when we're next year. And yeah, that, surely, surely no later than that. Might be earlier than that, but I can't see it being. He'll try and give it a go. I think if if he's not in that much, if he's maybe I don't know, maybe if it's like fifty percent at least, then he might give it a go. When maybe if he can't get it back to a sustainable level, he might call it a day. But yeah, I yeah. think he'll try and play at Wimbledon next year. I think that'll be his final event. So yeah, um, I, th- I think for him to get to the quarters this year on one leg, yeah. um, you know. Who knows if he's yeah. had knee surgery? He got to the quarters. Like that's a massive deal. I think he people okay in that first set against Tukac. He, he did. He, did. he looked quite good in the second set as well. As you know, yeah. it was just he, just, he just played a horrible tiebreak, didn't he? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, just I, mentally, yeah, yeah. Different. I think people, yeah, well, mentally and maybe there was a bit of physical issue as well. Because six love is, you know, he's, he hadn't been bagled for thirteen years, sort of thing. It's yeah. obviously something else going on. And uh, he wants to keep his no retirements in a match record intact. Um, yep. So I, I wouldn't look too much into that loss. I wouldn't say that's the end of Federer. I think if he's having a knee surgery, then he's got every intent of coming back to the court uh, and possibly winning match well, tournaments. There's, his ambitions aren't to win matches, it's to win tournaments. So yeah. he obviously still thinks he's got a chance. Well, he does, so, yeah. I mean, you just want him to get back because, like, he's obviously the, one of the best players to watch and um, you want him to end his career on his terms. You don't want him to be forced to retire with an injury, you know? Yeah, exactly. Fingers crossed for the two of them. Uh, massive fans of both of them. So, yep. um, yeah, hope all their rehabilitation goes well and stuff and they're, they're back for the Australian Open next year. Right, Gav, at the start of the podcast, oh, I mentioned there might be a small quiz. Oh no, I might just you, cut off now. You may. <laughs> so, <laughs> see you later. See you later. <laughs> yeah. there, uh, there is a milestone that happened. Do you know the milestone that happened for one of the players? Yeah, Gilmore features 500th match win. Yeah, nice. It's not, that wasn't the first question, unfortunately. Oh, wait, was that just a warm up, was it? That was just, that was just a warm up. But that, that was correct, yes. Monfils earned his 500th win, uh, making him like the 10th active player or something to get something like that to get uh, 500 wins on tour there's not many of them basically yeah, uh, so no, it was very yeah. impressive and it's brilliant to see him winning matches full stop he's won like four matches in the last two weeks he's looked motivated again as well like he's looked proper engaged in matches moving really well no injuries you know yeah. touch wood that's all I think, the issue with him I think it's crowds I think it really is just crowds um, yeah and I guess the New York or the American crowds can be kind of more boisterous maybe that kind of lends more to his personality I think it does because yeah. he, he, he didn't, you know, he didn't pretend that not having people there didn't make a difference. He was always very uh, honest about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it is actually making a difference. Brilliant to see him back. So in tribute, Gav, I've got five questions uh, oh. on Monfils. Oh, no. <laughs> Can you do it? I think I think 
I think you'll do fine. I'm sure you know. You knew that it was his 500th win, so I did. Um, so I'm sure you'll know a few of these. Water, but... Right, first question, Gav. Monfils is the second Frenchman to achieve this milestone. Who's the first? First ever. Um, hey, there, there, so there's only two, including Monfils, right, who's, okay. who's the first one. Male, yeah. male player. Or the, or yeah, male it's, player. A, it's, a, it's a male player, yeah. Okay. Uh, Think longevity of career. Jeremy Shardy? Not Jeremy Shardy. I'll give you another guess, if you like. I'll tell you it's an active player. Active? Songa? No, it's not. Seymour? No, when I tell you it is, you'll be like... I'm just naming the French David Scott. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Richard Gasky. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, I was going to like... <laughs> Obviously, barely played. You know, he, just, he pops up at a 250 and then you don't see him again for two months and he pops up again. <laughs> he's not on the radar at the moment. He's not on the radar. But I knew if you'd thought about him, you'd be like, well, it's got to be Gasky, surely. It's got to be Gasky, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, question two. At which of the slams is Monfils still to reach the quarterfinals? He did it in the US in 2014 because he, that was the match he famously blew against Federer when he had the match point. Um, he's reached Roland Garros quarters. It's going to be Australia or Wimbledon. I think Wimbledon. It's Wimbledon, yeah. Yeah. Nice, you nice process right. of elimination. Yeah, I, I did the same thing actually. No, I couldn't remember the. I couldn't remember the Australian quarter he'd reached, but. Yeah, I still, I still got it right as well. No, I can't remember. can't remember at all, no. Yeah. I just remember he blew the New York one in 2014 at match point against Roger and he lost it. And I, remember I, I, it I, 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 I knew of that match. I, I didn't think about it. I thought of the 2016 semi-final he reached against uh, Djokovic. He had a bizarre first set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was quite underwhelming. Yeah. Um, right, question three. What is Monfils's career high ranking? <sighs> He's made the World Tour finals. It's just a question of what number. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's between one and eight. So uh, yeah, well, you can rule out one. You rule out one. You can rule out two. You can rule out three. And you can rule out four. So it's yeah. one in four chance. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think. I think it's either seven or eight. I think it's number seven. I feel like giving you a plus one, like minus one, rule, because it's number six. <laughs> also you told me the year that you got to the world tour finals it's like yeah. i knew the year and i knew yeah i've given you a half i've given you a half point for that gav half i think point, that, right, yeah I think, so. I think that seems fair at least i should ask you the, the world tour finals he got to that's a way easier question yeah. um okay this question is just for fun but i this one's tough but i don't you know it's, it's, it's just for fun this one's uh which of these players has beaten so, so has beaten Monfils? Is it A, Zverev, B, Cilic, C, Dimitrov, or D, Query? <laughs> when you said which of these players has beaten him, yeah. <laughs> I've just got a feeling that you put quick because, like, no offence, but you, who were the options? It was Zverev. Cilic. So Dimitrov's kind of uh, having a good run this week, so that's why you've mentioned him. You've mentioned Cilic because Cilic is a favourite of the podcast. Um, mm. And you've mentioned Zverev because Zverev's the favourite for the US Open. So by mm. process of elimination, it's got to be Query. You think Quarry has, has beaten him? It was Dimitrov. Damn. <laughs> Why did you put Quarry in there? Like, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> you could put like Wu Kwon or something. I would have. Well, he's he's not he's not got an unbeaten record against loads of top players. Yeah, is, okay. So that's why Quarry had to go in. But so yeah, Zverev, he's three 0 against Zverev, three uh, four 0 against Church, 
three now against Query, and he's uh, he's four one against Dimitrov. I I just thought that was interesting facts yeah. at the same time. It's like how's he got an unbeaten record against those guys? Never put my faith in Sam Query again. <laughs> well, you were right to not put your faith in Chilich, at least. Oh yeah, so I've done that the hard way. Yeah, you knew that much at least. <laughs> uh, right, final one. Can you name the Masters finals Monfils has gotten to? Paris was one. I think that was 2010, was it? Paris mm-hmm. 2010. Yeah, that's one. Um, oh. I'll give you a point for each. You reached the Monte Carlo one in 2016, was it? 20, 2015? No, 2016, because yeah, 2015 yeah. was Jogfix Burditch. Um, yeah, so he took a set off Raf in that final as well. Uh, yeah, um, really match, actually. Turned into a brilliant match. Could have been rubbish. Yep. Shall I give you a clue? Yeah. It's one of the tournaments you've already said, but a different year. Well, he's only made the final Monte Carlo once, so it's going to have to be Paris. Paris, was it Was it like early in 2010? Was it 09? They made it up. Yeah, yeah. 09, was it? Was it yeah, yeah, it's 2009 Paris. Yeah. See, I got there in the end. Nice, there you go. That's yeah. uh, three points. Do you know who beat him in each final? <laughs> Federer, Federer, beat him, Federer beat him in one, didn't he? No, no, he didn't. No, no. You know, oh, nine. Oh, oh, nine. Um, wasn't oh, that was the only? Wasn't that Djokovic? Djokovic won past no nine, did he? He did. Yes, that was because he had a poor two thousand nine, barring that Paris win, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Bandy. No. No. Multi slam finalist. Ah, yeah, Robin Soderling. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, as soon as you said it, there you go. I think that was his uh, last hurrah before he bowed out of uh, tennis forever, basically. Yep. Um, that's a. Uh, I mean, I'll give you that. That's a uh, five and a half out of nine. No, nope, did well. Did well, Gav. Respectable. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, about. Good, definitely. Yeah. Well. Um. I thought, yeah, it just made sense to do a little Monfils quiz. Uh, why not? You'll need to do one for me, Gav. I'm quite I will, happy to I will. To... I'll need to do one for you. you make, can, make it really difficult. Like, who won Washington 2002 or something like that? I just come up with a really random Jesus. one. Next week, we'll be doing probably a Cincinnati review. We might talk a bit about some of the draws that are to come up. Maybe Winston-Salem. Is it too early to start talking US Open? Maybe. Um, we might have to the week make... yeah, probably yeah. Um, probably the week after. Um, so yeah, for now, probably just a little Cincinnati review. Um, but we'll we'll see when we get there. Maybe Gav will have a quiz for me. We'll yeah, see. I'll be start preparing it now. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> I'll wrap up there then. Why not? Thanks very much for, for joining us. If you want to catch any more of my work, you can go to jackedward.substack.com. For a bit of my blog work, you can catch Gav on Last Word in Tennis for a few of his articles or catch him on Twitter. For now, thank you very much for joining us. Hopefully you'll join us next week for episode eight. This has been the Online Tennis Podcast. Thanks very much, Gav. Thank you very much, Jack. Cheers. <laughs>